Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Back to the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher, Tassopolis, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Kreider, our guest today. You heard him chuckle in the background at Nick's introduction. Diamante, Tucker Dorsey, linebacker last year, new real estate agent this year. Dude, I read your piece on Sports Illustrated. Super yeah. motivating, dude. Honestly, got me absolutely jacked up this morning. Between that and the cold brew, I was ready to run through a wall. Um, <laughs> but you transferred from JMU, an FCS All-American coming to the 40 acres uh, and the transfer portal is such a big thing in college football. We kind of want to start right there with you, man. What was that process like with, for you when you went to JMU, did you know you were going to transfer? I mean, you grew up in Virginia. Uh, so how did all that unfold? Uh, going to JMU, I, I mean, I wanted a bigger office coming out of high school, but um, I didn't really get any. I had one FBS offer and I was like, if I'm going to go play college football, I'd rather play in the FCS where I get to go compete for a championship. So um, that was big for me, you know, going and getting the playoffs and being able to have the opportunity to, you know, win the championship was huge. And then that was my first offer. And uh, I'm, it was late, too. I didn't get offered till my junior year. So um, I went in there hoping to, you know, create an opportunity for myself, whether that be NFL or whatever, just understanding that, I don't know, I didn't really know nothing else. So football was going to be my thing. I was going to give it my all, and uh, that's what I did. And uh, transferring kind of came about. I never – it was nothing I really never thought about doing until the opportunity presented itself. And uh, COVID happened and gave me that extra year. I'm like, I put five years into this school, right? I got everything out, uh, out that I could. So I was like, let me go explore another opportunity and, you know, see what's out there for myself. And so that's kind of how it came about. How different is the recruiting process out of high school uh, than it is to getting recruited as a transfer while you're in college? Well, I was one of the, like, I was like number one player in the portal, right? So it was completely different from when I was really couldn't put my phone down for the first two days I jumped in the portal from the moment <laughs> I announced to two to 48 hours later, I couldn't put my phone down. I was on the phone with coaches, with people calling, talk, telling me they talked to coaches on the phone with, uh, you know, like recruiting people, trying to set up my visits and all that stuff. So it was it was a great, crazy difference. Like, I mean, I had every school calling. I was talking to Dion. I was talking to, you know, Lane Kiffin and Sark. I'm like, I'm in a movie right now, you know. <laughs> so it was, it was crazy. I can't I, – that's the only word I could use to explain. It was a crazy experience, and I you know, blessed to be in that, be in that position. Yeah, what ultimately I mean, led you to the decision becoming a Longhorn then? Uh, well, I had a checklist, right? 
Um, I knew what I wanted out of the program. Uh, being a six-year guy, understanding that I am I'm 23 years old at the time, so uh, I got to make a decision that's gonna you know be a win-win. And uh, Texas gave me that win-win, man. And uh, everything checked out, you know, at, at that time. So uh, that's kind of what it was. Mm-hmm. Were there any other coaches other than Sark that were big in your recruiting process? I mean, like today with like Texas, we see guys like Kyle Flood come into the mix with the O line and Shard Choice be huge for the running backs. Any of the defensive coaches really in your ear? Yeah, Coach Cho actually. So he probably caught me on. I entered the portal on like a Tuesday, I want to say. He, I talked to him that day, and uh, when I had talked to him, he was in Cali on a recruiting trip, uh, recruiting some guy or like a, maybe a younger guy, like high school guy or something. And um, I had told him, yeah, like I was going to go to UCF on that Saturday. And uh, he called me the next day. He like, you know what, man, we want you really bad. I'm dropping everything. I'm, can I come see you? And uh, he flew to D.C. and drove two hours to Harrisonburg to, to come take me out. Um, we went to Longhorn Steakhouse, ironically. <laughs> uh, and yeah, so that that stood out to me, you know. And then me and him sat down and had a conversation, and we really connected. So um, that he was huge. He was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It, it. Sorry, Toss. No, I was just gonna say, like, were there feelings and thoughts that came into your mind when you enter entered the portal, where you were like, look some of these teams were the ones that I wanted to go to initially when I wanted those FBS offers when I was in high school and I was thinking about different programs where I potentially had wanted to play. Did that come up or did you have a completely new like evaluation process that you had to lean into and say, look, I'm at a different point in my life now. I kind of got to close that door and make sure I'm looking forward and ahead to my future. Um, well, I wasn't really like a huge college football fan coming up, right? I just played football. <laughs> it was the only thing that I knew, so that's what I did, and I just ended up being good, right? So it wasn't for me like, oh, I got to go to this school or I got to go to that yeah. school. Um, I was just blessed to have an opportunity, and uh, this time around it was definitely more focused and more, like I said, I had a checklist of things that I needed to, you know, have present when I got to the school. So um, that kind of checked out, like I said before, and uh, so, I mean, not, not really. Like, it really wasn't a big thing because, like I said, I really wasn't in college football at first. Was mm-hmm. the checklist something you came up with on your own? or did yes, yeah. yes. Everything was all based on me. I didn't really have any help, um, you know, making the decision. It's my life. I got to live it. So I, I made it based on, you know, everything <laughs> that I wanted to do and everything that I, I had on my own criteria. Yeah. When, when you got to Austin – Mm-hmm. Uh, for well, first of all, where was the first place you ate? Uh, and then as as a student, and then <laughs> uh, how how is it like coming in as a trans? Do you feel like you have to prove yourself again? Because you go from like the big man on campus at J- JMU and FCS All American. I know you're the number one transfer recruit, but did you feel like you had a lot to prove? How was the acclimation process getting used to being in the locker room with you guys? Mm, I I'll say they they welcome me with open arms, man. Uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a huge team guy, right? So I'm I fit in really fast and really well. Um, I'm a workhorse too, so you know that that gains your teammates respect uh, really fast. So that really wasn't um, you know a problem for me getting acclimated to the team. As far as proving myself, if you turn on the tape, it is what it is. So I didn't really necessarily have to prove myself. I just had to come out and be me. And um, they already knew what they were getting. So uh, it was basically more so me just, you know, learning the, the playbook and, you know, learning my teammates and understanding who they was and building relationships with them. But as far as proving myself on the field, I think they respected my game, you know, from the beginning. And it showed, like, I, I came in, I was playing well. So it really wasn't like a huge, like, oh, 
he can't do this, he can't do that thing. No, yeah, he came in and had an impact right away. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, I do want to, before we take a quick pause in football, I guess, one of the best parts about the University of Texas is the network you build uh, and people outside of just the football field, you know, the access you have to, you know, any kind of alumni, really. How is that helpful in your next chapter? We see Tuck the Realtor uh, as your banner right here. How is that really helpful for you uh, in launching, you know, your, your next career? Um, it was huge for me, and I understood, you know, coming in. Like I said, I had a checklist I wanted to have. That was a huge part of it, right, making sure that there was a win-win on both sides. If I come in and play, I'm going to the NFL. If I don't, I need to be able to be in an environment where I can set myself up for that next path. So Texas has a crazy alumni network and, you know, people that are successful beyond, you know, what you can really think of. Like, I know this guy who – um I don't know if you guys ever heard of study abroad programs, like in college. Yeah, whoever created the guy who created it, he lives here in Austin, and uh, he's also one of my mentors. <laughs> and it's just crazy, like you never know who you'll meet. But um, they provided me with the opportunity to get in these rooms and you know get in front of these type of people. And when you do that, you start to create you know those opportunities for yourself. You got to take advantage of it though, and that's why I had wrote that article to kind of you know shed light on that and you know to speak about how I got into my position because it didn't really just happen. You know, I had to do my part. And I think a lot of times as college athletes, we forget that, you know, we still got to do some stuff. Like a lot of stuff is handed to us. Everything for the most part is, you know, but that side of it is there, but it's not really going to be pushed on you. Right. So you have to go, you know, take advantage of it. And um, that's what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you could be, in, it's like one thing is getting into the room and you could get somebody into the room but that's kind of half the battle. Once they're in the room, they have to do it themselves and they have to make can further foster the relationships themselves, make the connections, connect, connections themselves and, and do the work. Do you think being a collegiate athlete and, you know, being an athlete your whole life helped your work ethic strongly? Oh, without question. You know, as an athlete, you got running this hundred and four degrees. <laughs> you learn a lot about yourself. And uh, you, if you can last through that, this stuff is easy. I promise you this, this stuff is easy. So it definitely helped me prepare for this man. And, um, just, I apply that to everything. Like I apply being an athlete. I I literally use metaphors and, you know, comparisons to everything that I do. So in real estate, one of the the worst things I hate doing is lead generation, but that's the most important thing. And then I translate that from football. I hated squatting, bro. Like I hated it, (laughs) but I would do it. And when I would do it, I would get so much uh, satisfaction from it because that was the one thing that I did hate doing. But on the other side of it, I felt so much good because mentally it just prepared me more and obviously physically too, but it was a mental thing that I had to get over. And that's the same thing with lead generation where I got to get on the phone and cold call and do this and do that. It's the same thing. You know, I just apply being an athlete to everything and it's, 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 it's applicable. It's applicable. So, yeah. You feel like you're overcoming, you know, something that you, you know, weren't fond of. Um, was it tough to get adjusted to the heat when you came over to Texas? Bro, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it's no way. Because in Virginia, we got like, uh, it's I think it's like heat laws or something. I don't know if it's heat law, heat index, whatever you want to call it. But we, if it get to like over 100 degrees, we're going inside. We're not going outside. So when we stayed, I was like. I don't know how long this is going to last, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, that was my head. I was like, I ain't thought about quitting football in a long time, but it might be over with, man. Oh, my <laughs> it's God. Too hot. And we used to practice at, like, we had, like, uh, PRPs in the morning, then we'll come back at, like, 3 o'clock mm-hmm. and run in the sand pit. I'm like, man, no. 
no, 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 no. So it took a long time for me to get it. I'm still not adjusted. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's... You never do. It, it's... No. Yeah, it, when I always go to Texas for the first time with somebody who hasn't been there before, I try to, like, ballpark it in, like, April to, like, February range where the weather is nice or, like, mid-October to, like, early November. Because right. if, if you hit that late November, like, February window, it can be cold. But if you hit that July, yeah. to, if you hit that July to September window, like you have to bring like a change of underwear and a change of shirt everywhere you go because you're <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The weather here is weird, man, because that snowstorm threw me off, and then the trees start falling. I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> what are, like I, I just came here to play linebacker. I don't know what I signed up for. I don't know. Uh, you what? The, so you, we, you you get there last year and. Uh, admittedly, we've you know we graduated in 2017. Uh, Alex and Nick are from Texas. We've been mm-hmm. following the horns, covering the horns for a number of years. One of the biggest issues uh, with the team is, oh, or the criticisms has always been the defense. Last year, things completely changed. What did you see last year? Maybe from PK, some of the other coaches, Gary Patterson's addition, even uh, you coming in there with some new young guys, Overshawn taking a step up. What were some things that you saw happen uh, in the locker room and on the field that elevated the Texas defense to a criticism to one of the strongest suits of the team? Um, I think, well, first of all, we, have, we had a lot of older guys, you know, that had been through a lot of ups and downs and uh, well, a lot more downs than ups out throughout their career at Texas, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, second year in the system, you know, a lot of those guys had multiple defensive systems, multiple coaches throughout their career. So it's kind of hard to put something together when you're working with a new staff every year. So that's hard to overcome. And then, uh, you know, I think five and seven was like a breaking point, I guess. You know, that was something that we actually talked about a lot. It was constant. Um, it was something that we, you know, kept around just to remind us that, you know, if we do go out there and, you know, play around like they did the year before, then they would have, you know, kind of the same results. So I think everybody bought in and then, um, you know, senior leadership and, you know, just I guess they were just tired of being being the reason, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we put it together and I think, um, you know, the coaches, they helped with that as well. But like I said, the second year in the system, really, I think that was what it was. Like, it – when you get a first year, uh, you know, staff, you have to like teach and then try to build on it. This year, we took all the teaching out, so we were just building, learning. You know, now it's becoming second nature. Now we're not thinking. Now we're just playing faster. So I think that was really what it was. And then guys, you know, realizing trying to go out there and get paid. We had eight guys drafted this year. I think that's another, you know, another reason it got real for some people. You know, they didn't know if they could, you know, continue to play football. So they made a, you know, made made a decision. Mm-hmm. How does it feel when one of your teammates gets drafted? Great. Um, I was excited for all those guys, but I think I was really, I was really glad for Demo uh, because me and him we was roommates, and obviously we played the same position, so we was always in the same room. But like game days and stuff, and we had these conversations, you know, every night before the game, just what we wanted to do and what we wanted to accomplish. So when he did it, I was, I was real hyped for him. And then he got dropped to the Cowboys, and he, yeah. country Texas boy. So when that happened, I was like. <laughs> That's hard, man. That could, not, hard. could not have thought of a better team to rock the cowboy <laughs> hat. Hey, I know he was so excited though, because like I said, we talked about it, man. So when that happened, I, I couldn't, I couldn't stop smiling. You just gotta I, drive I, up the 35 and go support him every weekend. Oh yeah, nah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna sell him a house too. 
Yeah, sell him a house. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, you're going to sell him a house. Here, yeah, dude, instead of, instead of like, I don't need my commission, I'll just take season tickets, please. And thank oh, you. I can get that too. Yeah. <laughs> at the 40 yard line. Uh, no, yeah. I mean, he's a great dude. We've had him on our show as well uh, yeah. last year. And we had, we actually had him ahead of the season. Um, and you could kind of in his voice hear that change was coming. There's actually a lot of dudes, honestly, now on the defense when, you know, a couple years ago, it's like, Ooh, who's going to step up. There are a lot of dudes on the defense that stepped up last year. And now we're in a position, like you're saying, okay, they can make the jump to the NFL. They can really go and get paid. Uh, who on this defense right now, I could throw some names at you, Sorrell, Ford, uh, uh, Baron, you know, who's good. Who do you think in your mind can really step up like over Sean? Uh, and, and hit the league and, and, and be the captain of this defense? I think I think a sleeper Ooh. a lot of people don't give a lot of credit, enough credit to is Bob, um, Jaron Thompson. They don't give a lot of credit to him. He made a lot of plays for us last year, and he's a, a voice Absolutely. out there. He's a, a high-energy guy, works his tail off. Uh, he's definitely going to have a good season, great season. Um, Jade Barron, he had a great season last year. I thought he was going to come out. Uh, how he was playing, but he was balling last year, so I don't expect nothing different from him. Uh, we get Gilbo back; he's gonna come and make a lot of plays. Uh, Sweat's gonna have a—he's gonna have his breakout year and you know put himself on the map. And uh, Byron Murphy—I mean, it's a lot of guys on that team, bro. Like, yeah. I, that's why I say on paper, like, it's really no no better team, honestly. So it—it's gonna—it's gonna get scary out there, especially on the de- defensive side of the ball. Okay, so you say there's no better team, and you mean and you mean just to clarify. In the country. On paper. Keyword on paper. On oh, paper. yeah. No, I mean, hey, we've seen it. We've seen paper, you know, go up in flames time and time again. I don't think, look, I'm a Kool-Aid drinker, bro. I have like three <laughs> cups. I, I wake up every day and they, that they joke with me all the time, dude. And Michael yeah. Griffin, Michael Griffin last year, he told me to stop drinking the Kool-Aid and I told him I never yeah. quit. But His hey, mouth stays burn orange. I was just with him not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. So Hilarious. Yeah, yeah he's hilarious, dude. There was one point where he was just monologuing to like me, Nick, and Quan, not even looking at us, <laughs> just like talking off into that direction. It was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but he told us not to drink the Kool-Aid last year. We kind of did. Y'all, y'all completely turned – I would say not completely turned around, but turned it around massively to head everything right to ship in the right direction what has definitely underachieved last year but go ahead oh no i look i mean look you we could all be honest about it there were a couple games probably like the oklahoma state game i would say that was one did that feel long for you like that for like as a fan it felt terribly long bro i couldn't believe it I'm not used to losing. <laughs> but we go up at JMU, we was it was over with. Like it wasn't no coming back. So I I was I, I don't know. That was like when I I had to really realize, all right, we gotta regroup, right? I don't know. But yeah, that was bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but look, you know, you finished the season pretty strong. Um and you're in the mix, right? So what has to happen with Quinn, this running back room who we go from having Bijan and a guy that we love, Roshan, who really stepped up as a team player, switching from quarterback to running back early on in his career. You have so many guys in this running back room. Who do you think could step up? And what does Quinn have to do to take the next step, in your opinion? Quinn has to be Quinn. I'm not worried about him at all. Um, I think the production in the running back room is going to be the same. I just think it's going to come from the committee. I don't think it's going to be one guy because we have so much talent and it's only one ball. I think they're going to share it. And uh, like I said, I think the production will be the same. Like, I don't see the numbers dropping as far as, you know, stats go. But coming from one guy, I don't know if you can get all of that out of uh, – it. like, you can't replace B. John. So, <laughs> good luck with that. But, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be the same production-wise. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about a what about a guy like talk about Quinn? Uh, one of the names though that that turned a lot of heads. Not Quinn. Not Arch Manning. A guy like Malik Murphy. Yeah. What kind of special talent is he? Um, I think his talent speaks for itself. Uh, he just has to get an opportunity to show that. I don't know when that'll be, but uh, when it does, he's going to show the world that, you know, it's a reason he's here for a reason and he deserves and belongs to be here. He's definitely, he he's a guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, you watch the, the scrimmage game and you're like, whoa, you hear all about Arch and Quinn. And and obviously Arch is a huge recruit and Quinn's a supreme talent, but a yeah. guy like, like Murphy comes in, he's an Uber athlete and his arm is so live. And you're like, what? Like yeah. we got to stay yeah, we got a stable. Exactly. I mean, bro, like there was like it, there, it went from who's going to play quarterback to now you have what a lot of these big blue bud programs really have is next yeah. man up. You yep. know, you only need one year to really get it done to get into the league if you come in and, and you buy one, into the system. Yeah, I mean, all, all these guys can be starters on many rosters across yeah. college football right now. No. What do you make of this receiving room, though? I mean, we've got a lot of transfers oh. coming in, and we got Nair getting healthy, and of course, you know, X is doing his thing, and you know, we, we got our boys coming back. Uh, this is going to be scary if everybody you know get in there and, and stays healthy. It's going to be hard to contain. I think. Uh, I think that's what we grew the most, if I'm not mistaken, about transfers and stuff. So. Look out. <laughs> Good luck, mm-hmm. especially with Sarge's mind, uh, offensive mind. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What What do you think – I mean, you talked about going back to your recruiting process, and it's a bit different for a transfer, and you talk about it being a win-win for you. And there mm-hmm. was maybe more as, you know, being an upperclassman coming in. You had your sights set. You matured a lot. What is a message you'd send to some of the younger recruits right now that are looking at the university? Um. I mean, I really don't think it's too much difference as far as what the school has to offer at whatever age you are and whatever year you're in. Just understand that it is a win-win. Like, if you use it the right way and you come in and apply yourself and um, you keep – first of all, you just got to make sure you keep football the main thing. But uh, the university is going to provide you to be successful either way. And uh, you really can't beat that. I don't know how true that is for other places, but I do know here that is, uh, you know, that's the truth. And I'm an example of that. So whether you're a young guy or a fifth-year guy like I was, you know, you really can't go wrong. Uh, You come in here, play in front of 100,000 fans every week. Uh, You know, we sell out. Every game is a big game, which I couldn't believe. I'm like, they really like (laughs) – it's a it's a buzz, you know. Every game is gonna be big, and then on the other side of that, you have a a vast network of people who are in really high high ranking positions, and you know can can transform your life. So you want to go and you want to be successful? Come here. Yeah, I mean, it, it it almost sells itself, and I think it's interesting. You say make football your first priority, but you mean that in the sense of like the city does offer the school in some fun ways. It does offer distractions, though, off the field. That's, I, mean, I mean, that's anywhere, though. Yeah, yeah. But if you really want to take full advantage of it, you better make sure that you go out there and perform because they will, uh, they they will, you know, check you at the door if you're not doing what you need to be doing, which I, which I like. Like, I like that was a huge difference playing FCS and then coming and playing here. They watch it for real. <laughs> like, you're going to be, you're going to be criticized. So make sure that you, putting a good brand out there mm-hmm. when you when 
you played that first game at home against uh, Monroe and you, and you put on the, the burn orange and white. Uh, what did that feel like walking out DKR and just looking up at the crowd? And here in Texas, right? <laughs> uh, I ain't going to lie to you. I was just – I was like in that mode. Like I was so focused. I really tried to block it all out and not try to get caught up in it too much. So I, uh, I tried to compress it, but I really couldn't. I ran out of that smoke and it was like I'm here, right? And uh, yeah. – it was, a, it was a blessing, man. Loud? Loud, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so you – Yeah, go ahead, Josh. No, sorry. You go, Toss. I was just going to say when I was reading one of the, the – the, I was reading the article and your kind of mantra, the intent, consistency, mm. purpose, those three kind of core terms. Yeah. How, has, how have you utilized those to kind of transition now into your second act as Tuck the Realtor, and, and and just tell us a little bit about like what you're up to now, and like what your mm-hmm. goals are in this uh, uh, this this second act, man. Um, I think you know every same thing applies. Everything still applies. You know, whatever I'm doing, I'm gonna put my best foot forward. I'm gonna do it with the right intentions to yield the result that I want to do it to. Uh, that I want to get out of it and. Uh, purpose i understand that my purpose is bigger than everything right so it's bigger than football it's bigger than real estate it's bigger than any type of job that i have right um i understand who i am and i understand my position so as a man um you know i want to be a great father be a great husband and give back to the community i understand that so regardless of what tool i use to produce that um it's going to get done um because that's just what i have to do so with that understanding and then applying it uh still you know, I got to show up every day. You know, this is my job. So I, this is my life now. You know, it, it revolves around that everything that I do in this field is going to produce and allow me to, you know, do those three things that I just talked about. So uh, same translation, man. Um, you know, intent, purpose, consistency, showing up every day, putting the work in, doing the things that, you know, the average person don't want to do. Or so I don't even want to do it sometimes. Right. But that's where you separate yourself through consistency. And that's the biggest thing. And um, blind faith and then controlling what you can control. Like I said, showing up every day and doing the things the right way and, you know, being consistent, that's what I can control. Then there's stuff that I can't control, like my my experience and, you know, stuff that I don't know that I don't know yet, right? And that's blind faith. That's leaving it up to God. And um, that's kind of how I approach, you know, life. I don't get too high or too low on accomplishments. I really don't even – I'm not goal-oriented at all, right? I'm all about the process. I'm all about showing up, putting the work in, and, you know, doing things the right way, having good habits, and um, living my life that way. And if I and if I and if I do that, I know I'm doing everything that I can, so I can live with whatever the result is, right? Because I'm not gonna win in everything that I do, and I'm not gonna lose in everything that I do. But if I keep living my life this way, then I'll be satisfied because I know I'm doing what I'm supposed to, and I'm doing it the right way. So, yeah, yeah, I love that, man. I think I think those three words is something like anyone can apply to any facet of life yeah. in any you know type of job that they're in, and I, the consistency factor. I think the underrated thing about that is it adds a reliability factor to the people around you, right? Then yeah. they know that yeah. you're always going to show up. Right. And so it's, it's helpful obviously for yourself, but it ends up allowing for others to support you and for you to support them and kind of build the community where everyone can grow within that. So I think that's uh that's right. my underrated one out of those three. Yeah. That's, yeah. yeah also control I, I, control. I, I, I say, and I, I say that to say, like I'm in my position for a reason, right? This is not an accident. The, the, I live like that, and that's the reason why I'm here, right? Um, that's what separates me, but it's really simple for me. You know, it's uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, 
but it's a simple concept. And if you, you know, you can understand it and apply it to your life, you'll see a drastic change. I promise you. Yeah. And I think, you know, kind of the controlling what you can control is something that we've seen in our field, like firsthand, like you can't, you could can only put out, you know, try to have the best question to try to have the best rundown you can, or try to get people on your show, whether they show up or whether they communicate, you can't control yeah. that. It's all just fully out of your control. So again, I think it's, I like the lack of pressure you put on hitting your goals because you're right. You're not going to bat a thousand. I read, I read a really good quote the other day. I forget who said it. Like you're not going to win them all, but doesn't mean you have to lose them all either. Yeah. So it's going to go 50, 50, a lot of the time. So just sh- showing up and like controlling what you can control and is, is most of the battle. I was actually thinking about this this morning. Like we get so caught up in wins and losses and, you know, yeah, goals totally. and stats. But at the end of the day, those are just numbers, right? They're not even really real. We made them up. We created it. <laughs> like they don't come sleep in bed with you at night. They don't come, you know, pick your head up when you, when it's down. You know, the way that you live your life and the way that you view yourself, that's all that matters. And like I said, I'm doing the things the right way and I aspire. And I and I and I give back to the community. That's what you know helps me. That's what makes me feel good about myself. So I could care less about what I do in real estate on the football field, whatever it is. As long as I'm doing those things, because that's what matters at the end of the day. You know, being a good person, helping others. You know, uplifting the community. That's what I'm all about. I could care less about you know the numbers, the stats, and the accolades. That'll come. That'll go. And, uh, you know, because I've had plenty of that, right? And I'm still standing here today, and I'm still trying to get better. I never stop trying to get better. And somebody asked me, like, when do you want to retire? I don't believe in retirement, right? I believe in progression. I believe in getting better because I'm always, i always working. I can always, you know, find something to grow at or area to get better in. So I don't really believe in stopping. I don't have a end goal or whatever the case may be. I just want to be the best person I can be, be the best role model that I can be real model. I don't even like the saying role model. I want to be a real model because I'm not perfect. I don't do everything the right way. And, um, you know, my life ain't always <laughs> walking the park, but um, I'm real. You know, I, I fight through it and I get over it and I, and I continue to, you know, push through. So that's how I move. I love that spirit, man. We ask every single guest that comes on the show, um, this could be from you playing or, or watching. What's your favorite memory as a Texas Longhorn? Uh, Red River Showdown. Uh, the beatdown? Huh? Did the beatdown? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I was actually mad that we blew them out because the game was so crazy before we took off. Like, it, it was silent in there. I mean, it, it never got silent. It never got silent. And I couldn't hear. It was crazy. I loved that game. That was the best. That was the best memory. I was the 50, uh, about like maybe like 50 yard line, maybe 45 ish, like uh, yeah. in the first, in the first level. Thank mm-hmm. dude. Thank God. I was under like the stands, dude. I would yeah. have been, I would have been burnt <laughs> to a crisp, bro. It was, yeah. I'm under the stands and it's when it became apparent that like a shutout was ready to ensue, like people like, the, that's when the crowd got loud and into yeah. it. Like I, I feel that. I mean, we Nick and I were at the like, one the year before, so uh-huh. I was I was still holding my breath at halftime. I'm like, bro, anything could happen in the second half. Like, nah, it's OU. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you got, you I, hit the, y'all hit that. y'all hit the fair hard. <laughs> I know that. I know that when uh you know you guys are pitching a shutout. This is goes for any time, probably since you're in high school, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's a shutout 
and no one wants to be the one to let up that next score. And I know that this game oh, yeah. extra to shut them out. No, because question. it's OU. Yeah, because it's OU. <laughs> and after that, everybody kept asking, like, what time is it? I ain't know what it was at the, at the time. I'm like, why do y'all keep saying that to me? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then I found out what it meant. I'm like, okay, now nah, I see. Uh, now I'm getting it. I still had a lot to learn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Still learning. People keep asking me at the time, walking around campus. Like, like, yeah, what are you like, <laughs> Well, it's kind of, right. Like what Josh was saying, when it happens, how it happens the year before, you can say what time is it as much as you want, but when we're on the other side of it and we lose that yeah. game, it's kind of harder to say, you know, you still sucks when, when people <laughs> ask that question. So yeah. I like that no one told you until after the fact. And then it was like, you could say it as loud as you want. You yeah. They kept answer. asking too. I'm like, okay, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. You're like, we get it. We get the thing. Get yeah. a watch, bro. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone or something. Uh, Demonte Tucker Dorsey, man. Thank you, bro. Appreciate your Great words of wisdom, talking ball with us. Absolute pleasure. You're welcome back anytime. And we'll get you also when Q's here as well. Um, yeah. Anything you want to say at the end of the show? Any quick plugs? Uh, anything, you know, where, where, where can people find you if they don't find you already? Uh, yeah, uh, you can find me on Instagram, dtuck underscore, uh, Twitter, Tucker Dorsey underscore. And I just want to let you guys know that I'm a real estate resource. I'm not a salesman. Um, I'm here to help you if you have questions, if you want to know anything. If you need assistance, please use me as a resource. I'm an expert on the market. I'm not a salesman. I don't want to sell you anything. I'm not in the business of motor, uh, of convincing. I just want to help you along the way. So that's my pitch. <laughs> I know I'm not supposed to be sold, but I'm sold. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I know you're not a salesman, might, not a salesman but also, I am sold. I'm in. bought in. You uh, also might not find someone who works harder than him. So Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. I wouldn't lie to you, yeah. Uh, DDT. Pleasure, man. Everybody out there, get your horns up. We'll see you guys next time. Hook them. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.